Acadia Parish Sheriff K.P. Gibson is in his fifth year as the parish's chief law enforcement officer. I'm your host, Alfred Jones, and in today's podcast, I talk with Gibson about teen gun crime, the challenges of expanding a small department, and what community policing means to Acadia Parish, now on 10 Talks Acadiana. 10 Talks Acadiana, the podcast powered by KLFY.com. Hello, Acadiana, and thanks for joining us for 10 Talks Acadiana. Joining us today is Acadia Parish Sheriff K.P. Gibson. Sheriff, thank you for joining us. Not a problem. So we'll get right into it, Sheriff. Um, well, first, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Staying busy, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, enjoying the job that we're doing. I've got a lot of work to do, but enjoying what we do. I, I would guess a career in law enforcement is pretty demanding. No doubt about it. You know, I mean, it's, it's been a long, a good long career so far, and um, enjoying what we do, you know, when you, when your ultimate goal is obviously serving the public. So, you mentioned uh, you guys are busy. So, what's uh, what's taking up a lot of your time out there in Acadia Parish? Well, obviously, I think the hot topic is you know we're having a lot of issues with gun with, uh, gun usage in our parish. Um, not all of it's within the rural areas, but within our cities as well. And we try to work together as teams, trying to make sure that we resolve the issues the best we can. You know, we're individual, but yet we team together, do what we need to do. And uh, we're focusing real hard along with our local law enforcement partners. Um, we we want to see the gun violence stop. Yeah. And then you talk about gun violence. It's a specific um, age group uh, from what I've been seeing uh, this year alone in the areas like Crowley and Rain specifically. Talk about that youth gun violence. And of course, I know illegal guns are involved in that. No doubt about it. What, what we're looking at is we're looking at anywhere from the age of 13 years of age up to 24 years of age, mainly staying in the teens, though, mm -hmm. um, which you know it's very scary and concerning. First of all, you know what are 13-year-olds doing out at sometimes at these hours and nights and so forth. Secondly, what are they doing involved in this? You know, we're concerned because of the fact of, you know, sometimes you know, the home structure may not be the way it should be, mm -hmm. but what are these young young children being led to believe as to what they're you know what's leading them into this life mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, it doesn't always mean that the home's busted or that there's problems in the home. Um, sometimes it comes from, from a two-parent family. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, it's just to trying to understand why, you know, why are we seeing this trend, you know, so young? I know, of course, when it, when it comes to youth violence, um, as you said, it could be home environment, but we want to try and be proactive, uh, at, at least as leaders in our communities. So I know the city maybe can create more programs, um, recreational activities for the youth. Uh, but how do you get involved as law enforcement to try and deter them from a life of crime? Well, your first thing is, as you know, is if we get somebody who's, we should be out in the community a lot more, talking to our kids, talk, being around talking. Um, we find that then we, when we do go out and talk to a lot of the kids that are involved in different activities, they are your kids that are in school that have home structure. Um, a lot of times when you approach maybe a, a group of guys sitting somewheres and you go to talk to them, you, know, you see a few guys that just kind of wander off, you know, and it's not trying to be the fact that we're going in there, hey, we're law enforcement. We're going in, hey, we want to just visit. We just yeah. want to talk. Build that relationship. So, so it's, it's, it's easy to build a relationship with the kids who are not, I don't want to say fearful, but don't have something or reason why they should or should not talk with the police. Mm -hmm. um, most kids will, you know, from that aspect. Um, you know, we've gone into not both as when I worked with the police department, as working with the sheriff's department. Mm -hmm. You know, you try to talk with the kids, make sure they understand, 
hey, we're not here to hurt you. We're here to try and find out what's going on for that. And, and I think building that relationship is very difficult, but at the same time, it's just the approach and how you take it. Um, you know, you can go in there and, and try to be the, the tough police officer, and that's not what's needed to be done. What's needed to be done is go in there, talk with the people. You do have to be tough at times when dealing with problems. Mm -hmm. But when you go in there trying to build a relationship, it shouldn't be, it should be the matter of, hey, just like you and I, we're having a conversation. Yes, sir. And, and listening, too. It's, it's, it's not just about doing all the talking. It should be about listening. Okay. Do you all currently have any programs in place for, uh, you know, to get youth, um, not necessarily in a pipeline, but, you know, to get them connected with law enforcement and build those relationships? Well, we don't have a specific program as far as like uh, in-house. Mm -hmm. uh, we do different things around the school year. They'll fall into the ACT prep and things of that nature. Um, our real hard thing is that, you know, the programs that we would have that would be hosted maybe at the office, um, we feel that we're not reaching the kids that are really needed. I mean, our thing is we want to get on the streets, mm -hmm. stop. I mean, look, we have, you know, for, since I've been an administrator, go shoot hoops with the kids, throw a football with them for a little while, throw a baseball, whatever they're doing outside. If they're just sitting around talking, have a conversation with them. Show them that, you know, just be, there is a person behind that badge. Right. Um, we don't have necessarily a come in, sit down, and let's teach. We try to get involved in a lot of the programs that go around our community as much as we can. And, you know, especially with teaming up with our civic organizations as well. Okay. Sheriff, um, still related to youth violence, those illegal guns, what do we do uh, to get them off of the streets? Well, you know, it comes, it's a two-sided story to there. First of all, um, you know, if we know that back in, when I was a kid, you could, you could sleep with the windows open, leave your cars unlocked, your front door unlocked even. And those days have obviously changed. We find that a lot of the guns that are illegally getting on the road are coming from people either committing burglaries or thefts and so forth. And, and I think that starts with um, the residents, myself. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna tell you I've never been guilty of forgetting, a, you know, taking my gun off because I was, I went in to do something after work or went somewhere where I wasn't supposed to have, didn't want to have one um, and forgot to take it out. Mm -hmm. So the problem is that, you know, when, when, when we forget and do little things that we should do, um, so we want to encourage our, our residents, you know, to secure their weapons, right. um, put, you know, keep them in locations where they're secured. Um, that's, that's something that's due diligence from our end, trying to make sure we do it and do, as, a, as um, citizens. But at the same time, we're seeing a lot of the guns that we're getting coming back from stolen from different jurisdictions, mm -hmm. um, coming out of car burglaries, sometimes out of residential burglaries. Um, sometimes people, not sure what happened to their gun, may have, not sure if it was stolen, misplaced, or what have you, which normally those end up being thefts. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've been working on the road the last few weeks and uh, trying to get out in the community and, and trying to pull guns off the street. Mm -hmm. and, and we've done, we've pulled in, in the last week, I think we pulled about 12 or 15 guns off the street. And of those, I want to say right at, maybe not quite, but almost half of those have come back with a positive hit stolen from a different agency. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's a double-edged sword where we have to do our best to try and thwart the aspect of someone to be able to get a firearm, mm -hmm. but also at the same time, you know, we know that they're getting the guns one way or another, whether it's I steal it, I trade it for drugs, and it goes from here. Yeah. But a lot of the guns that we get too that are not reported stolen has to do with people not having their serial numbers and things of that nature, we believe. Sheriff, you talk about uh, those guns coming from different jurisdictions. We mean in Acadia Parish? So, some in Acadia, some in Acadiana. Acadiana. And mm -hmm. some in Acadia Parish, some from even, we've had some from even out of state. Wow. Um, you have to remember something that, you know, items, when items get stolen, people don't usually keep them on too long. Mm -hmm. They may move or trade for something in another parish or mm -hmm. even in another state mm -hmm. and go back and forth. So, I mean, we get hits from different locations. So, how do you work with those different agencies and um, 
uh, specifically in Acadia Parish, how do you work with uh, the city departments to try and solve some of that problem or get solved a lot of these cases? Well, you know, a lot. everybody has their own investigative agency. So um, within the, the departments, police departments, they have their detective bureau that runs their, their investigations. And we do the same. If we have a shooting that occurs at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, we, we'll tell, you know, and I get notified, I'll text the chief. What can we do to help out? Right. Um, if we have something that's close to their jurisdictional boundary, they'll do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's about. I mean, I think that you have to share information. You have to be, you know, you have to have those conversations where we talk. COVID has kind of slowed down a little bit of the meetings of, of getting in and doing criminal exchange meetings type mm -hmm. deals. But at the same time, you know, you sit down and you, you have to have that open conversation, that open dialogue that we can discuss things. Um, yeah, everybody has their own cases. I mean, you know, those guys are really getting hit pretty hard, not only for the fact that we're not, we're not able to specialize because mm -hmm. we're a smaller agency. Um, I'd love to be able to break down into crimes against persons and property and different things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But when you have five or six guys that are doing a lot of your investigative work, yeah. it's very tough to, to specialize. Right. Does that bring you into another area where you want to expand, maybe hire more deputies? I'd love to hire more. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we're in, I'm in my fifth year now, and, in, and we've come a long way. We, we started out where we were, had four deputies on the road. We're up to six during the day and seven at night. Um, we're looking to try and expand that. We're trying to also expand... Um, our narcotics unit as well as our investiga investigation division. We're really focused on the enforcement divisions, not just for being enforcement, but to have people out there a, to try and stop the crimes, mm -hmm. to try and make sure that we're out there dealing with issues or, which are going on from there. And, and not just like I said, not just be the crime fighter, but being community oriented, you know, getting out and talking to people. Um, you know, I'll tell those guys, a hand never hurts, you know, wave, you know, hello, how you doing? Yeah. Get out and talk to somebody, it goes a long way. Our goal, my long-term goal is, yes, I definitely want to see our divisions continue to grow. Mm -hmm. A lot of that has to deal with where we, where we fall now and moving forward financially uh, in the department because, you know, um, we have to make sure that we stay sound and, and prepared for anything that may come to us should it be, you know, something really very major costly, whether it be right. insurance benefits and things of that nature. Okay. Switching gears a little bit, um, statistics. Uh, know that uh, 2020 was a different year. Uh, pandemic for majority of it. Yes. What have you guys seen? Uh, any trends as far as different types of crimes, or what are those numbers looking like in the, in the parish? Well, I can tell you this. I mean, our, our, our narcotics cases have went up. Um, we're seeing a, a real big hit with meth and heroin. Uh, that's in our parish that has become very strong mm -hmm. um, compared to the days of usually, usually cocaine or crack cocaine and marijuana, which obviously still are there with it from that aspect. So. I know that our drug cases have gone up a lot, uh, not only which were investigated, but with arrests made in that matter and function. Um, we've seen some of our property crimes take, take a little dive down, which was good, yeah. but in other cases, thefts have gone up a little bit from there as well. Um, not something that's been taking major jumps, but you know, you, st you still have to remember, I mean, you know, pandemic is not gonna stop me from being a person who, if I'm a burglar, yeah. from stopping. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of from that aspect. Um, the pandemic stopped those who maybe from going to work or working remotely, mm -hmm. who unfortunately have jobs that are legitimate jobs from that aspect. Um, I don't see where crime has, has taken a hard dive. I think our numbers were off on the total amount of calls, uh, just were down a little bit, but not, not, a, major, not a major dip like you'd think they mm -hmm. probably would have been. Not as much as you'd like. I'd love to see them drop to zero, you know. <laughs> I'd love to have a day when I could tell you I have nothing to do mm -hmm. because things are running that great. And, um, uh, that's just not a day that's going to occur in, in, you know, in the world we live in. 
There have been some, some national stories I've seen where domestic violence is up because you have sometimes both spouses working from home or being at home at least uh, throughout the pandemic. Uh, how are those numbers looking in the parish? Well, I mean, domestic violence is something we deal with every day, unfortunately. Um, you know, I guess we're very blessed in, in, in the aspect. It's a bad scenario. Mm -hmm. um, we have had a very low number of um, fatal incidents that have occurred or, or major incidents where um, you know, maybe a spouse or, has, or shoots the other who's involved in it. Mm -hmm. uh, we've recently had one very similar to that. But, um, you know, I don't remember seeing days or, or long periods of time where you don't have a domestic issue. It could be, as, um, and no matter what you look at, it's still wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not trying to categorize um, that a slap's not bad versus, you know, something more severe. Yes, sir. Uh, but, you know, it, it's usually, it's not something, you know, we have a lot of disturbances. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's a number that goes down, and I don't know if it has the fact, has to do with the fact of, you know, it depends on what's going on in the family. I mean, you know, a lot of times it's the stress of maybe unemployment and, and problems in the house, yeah. household, financial aspects. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's really a place that, that's, that's one of the top two things you love to see out of your problems is narcotics and, and domestic violence. Yeah. So, Sheriff, you've got uh, three years left on your term? On this current term, yes, sir. Current I term. Um, what are some of your biggest goals as you start to trend to, toward the uh, completion of it? Well, you know, our biggest goals have been obviously let's let's make the department grow, mm -hmm. and not just for now. For while I'm sheriff, for whomever would be the next sheriff and the next sheriff, um, we we started out by you know I tell our guys that I don't want to see a patrol unit with twenty thousand miles on it in a year because we have a very large area-wise parish. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot of farming. We are a farming community, mm -hmm. but we have a lot of area in there, we have 600 miles of roadway. So our challenge was to our guys when we started, I want miles on the car, I want my fuel costs unfortunately to be high, <laughs> meaning that you're using it because it's right. the citizen's money. And we have done that. We've averaged over a million miles a year on our patrol fleet, okay. averaging between 45,000 and 50,000 miles in the patrol vehicles. Got it. Um, so we, one thing we've assured those guys, you're gonna have cars that are, that are equipped, that are mm -hmm. capable of functioning and going from that aspect. Um, Again, I like, we, we've done some things to raise our starting pay and raise our uh, steps into the aspect of where you move up through a rank or move to a specific, a, a specific job. Mm -hmm. It helps them from there, as well as making sure they have not only well-financed you know, well insurance for our people, but making sure that they also have the aspect of raising, being able to raise a family on what they make. Right. Personally, for them, that's the goals we've set from that aspect. For our citizens, we want to make sure that we're out there patrolling their streets. We want to make sure we can put as many people as we can on the streets patrolling. But we also want to make sure that we're serving them. So we do a lot of compliance checks where a deputy may go to your house and, mm -hmm. and we have a, a supervisor we may call two days later, three days later, and just, we may know some of the answers because we use body cameras and we see things, but we want to know their opinion on it and ask them, you know, if they didn't feel like, well, I'm not totally satisfied, mm -hmm. what could we have done to do better? And we, we, we preach that we're, you know, the citizens are our customers. To serve our customers, you have to make sure that you do it right. right. Look, I'm not going to be able to make every customer happy because some people you're after arrest. Yeah. But you know, it's it's a matter of not saying I can't do something. Let's turn around and say, what can I do? What I can't make this this arrest on this case that you want made. But what I'm going to do is we're going to sign it to an investigation, or we're going to send it to the DA's office, or whatever it may be from there. Mm -hmm. um, we've started a, a project on a brand new shooting range, okay. um, to where we're going to have a lot more safer, a lot safer range. Um, we're going to also hope to be able to utilize and allow the public mm -hmm. to use that, obviously, with range with uh, range masters on the working with them, 
But we believe that, you know, look, if people are going to want to carry firearms, we want them to feel that they can have somebody somewhere they can come, right. practice, but also have somebody that can work with them if they need to, right. um, and go from that aspect. And um, like I said, I, I just want to see our department continue to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, the good thing about it is that the, up until the range project, uh, we have not gone into our fund balance, meaning that we're using our funding that we budget annually mm -hmm. to be able to achieve a lot of the projects that we have. So after five years of a lot of change, a lot of technology change that we've done, right. um, our first time we go in fund balance is because of, of this range. And I'm really proud of that because that, that shows you how it's not just a matter of having your enforcement people and your corrections people. Mm -hmm. We have a good team in our, in our finance office that keeps me out of hot water, that's for yes, sure. Yes, sir. <laughs> they definitely want to keep you out of hot water. Uh, so a lot of that you mentioned, it really ties into a hot topic, community policing. Uh, very quickly, how important is that uh, to build those relationships with the community and how do they help solve a lot of cases? It's extremely important. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, there's different ways of doing community policing. Some, some choose to go and maybe walk a specific neighborhood. Mm -hmm. When we get out in the rural, we're very spread out. Mm -hmm. So we tell our guys what we want to do is we want them to go and I want you to see that farmer that's in a field, maybe not on a combine working, but yeah. if he's on 11, you can get to him. Stop and go walk out and talk to him. You see a residence at their house, go by and, and speak with them. You, you, you don't know how important it is to where a person may know something and want to tell somebody, but just don't know how to do it sometimes, or don't know how to communicate there's a problem here, right. and I don't, I don't want to call it in or so forth. You know, your greatest tools, we started off, when, when we started this uh, interview, I tell you, I said, is, you know, don't, don't be scared to wave yes, you know, and, and look at people and so forth. Roll your windows down and ride and talk to people. Mm -hmm. Get out and go talk with them. The people of our communities, all of our communities around here in Acadiana, um, they want a good, safe community. They want to be able to have, have a good relationship with law enforcement, and they'd want to feel that they can tell law enforcement a concern without putting themselves in jeopardy as well. Yes, sir. So that's law enforcement's aspect to make sure that we, we understand that and that we also take that role of making sure that we give that trust to our, to our citizens within the community. So we, we've covered a few things. Uh, a lot of things I think are important to the people of the parish as far as what you guys are doing, uh, what are some of the plans for the Acadia Parish Sheriff's Office. When you look into the department, what do you think one of the biggest struggles is there, uh, whether it be somewhere specific you'd like to train or I know you guys have been doing a good job with your finances, but if you could use more, I know you maybe get some more deputies. What is it, one specific thing that you think could really grow the department, make it better for the entire parish? Well, I mean, when you're looking for, to grow for the entire parish in, in that aspect, I would tell you that obviously uh, making sure we adjust our manpower where we need to. Mm -hmm. When we came in, um, we moved some, a lot of folks that were working in maybe office jobs and so forth. So that helped us without spending extra money to, you know, when we moved some people and made a, a division that was maybe five down into a two or a three person mm -hmm. division, helped us from there. One of my biggest struggles that I feel and, and I want to see more of, uh, I want to see a more diversified force. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, our applicants that we get in, I'm going to hire a person because, they're, because we feel they're qualified. Uh, I'm not going to hire a person just to say, hey, here we go. Because right. we entrust a person to make a decision to take someone's freedom mm -hmm. and or possibly even to take someone's life. So we have to make sure that the right person or persons are doing this job. Mm -hmm. um, we, we don't get, we don't have, I, I like to see a little bit more of a minority aspect in our patrol division. Um, we, we had it one time, but the, the handful of folks that were got, got better jobs, so we, which is good for them. Yeah, right. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's trying to get people in. And, and not only that, females, I mean, we're about to put 
it's happened in the past, but it's been a long time. We're about to hire, put a, our first female, under my, well, my second under my administration, okay. back into patrol aspect. But I like to see that grow because we needed a, a diversified patrol force. You know, not just whites, not just blacks, not just females. You know, we like to see Hispanics. Whatever it takes to go to where we can communicate with all the different cultures that we have in our in our society. Got it. You got any recruiting events coming up? Well, we just found we, we just did, and let me tell you what's been the most successful. Believe it or not, is social media, mm -hmm. and it's probably my weakest area. <laughs> but we have folks that can do it, and, and we you know we did a real big push on social media, um, and we've gotten a lot of folks who've contacted us back. We started earlier this week. Um, we have about three openings right now that we're working on. And that's the one thing, a lot, of po a lot of folks will call for, hey, I want a good office job. And I mean, you know, that's, there's not a lot of them like there used to be. Yeah. So those jobs take pretty full. And, and you know, we, we're, we're hiring right now for corrections and we're hiring for patrol. Okay. And you know, I'm, I'm a very big believer that I'm not gonna hire somebody just because who they are or what they are. I wanna be able to feel confident that when we put this person in there, they're gonna do the job for their customers yeah and they're gonna do it the right way and I can trust the fact or have a very strong belief that they're gonna do it the right way and not, not, not go in there with, um, I don't say a chip on their shoulder, but to go in there and make decisions that could injure not only the department, but our citizens as well. Yes, sir. All right, Chief, uh, I think we've covered everything. Anything on your heart that you feel like you wanna give to the, the people of Acadiana and to Acadia Parish? Well, you know, we, we love what we're doing. Uh, I love where we're at. And I think the folks that we got, we have a great team. And you know, it takes that team, we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna have a great team, but we're not perfect. Of course. But, but we work together. Uh, our goal, even when, you know, we're just like anybody else. We fight with each other, we argue with each other about issues, but in the long run, when it's over, we, we come down to the same thing, that we're gonna find the best solution to make it work. Come and go. And, and we want our parish, our residents who are there, to be able to call and say, I got an issue with something, I have a concern with something. I don't like the way you're doing something, and I'm fine with that, I'm an open-minded person. And I think our personnel, as well as our administrators, are, are open-minded. We want to continue to improve, because by improving, we're serving our citizens the best way we can. So please, get involved. It's not just my department. You've entrusted me to run it. It's their department. So I'm the guy that's kind of running it, but I'll, I want to hear anybody's concerns from our parish. And even if somebody who's visiting has a problem, I want to hear their concerns too. Right. Acadia Parish Sheriff, K.P. Gibson, Chief Law Enforcer in the parish, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Doc. 10 Talks Acadiana. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Nexstar Media Production.